heaven came down and God sent His grace and His mercy and His compassion upon a people who didn't love Him the way that He has asked to be loved. And I pray, God, that each of us will resolve or determine in our hearts that we're going to love God back and love God the way that He deserves to be loved. It is good to see each of you here this morning, both members and visitors alike. We'd like for you to know that you're certainly our honored guest today, and we're glad that you are here. Let's please go to God in a word of prayer. Most gracious and kind Heavenly Father, magnificent and awesome, holy and true, hallowed be your great and amazing name. Lord, we are so thankful that we have this opportunity this morning to be here to worship you in spirit and in truth. And there, Lord God, throughout the week are so many things that have gone into the lives of many people. There is so much good and there's also, Lord God, many struggles. But you are always there and for that we thank you. We thank you for sending your Son who makes all things well and all things right. Reminds us through your word, Lord God, that this world is just a place that we are passing through. We are sojourners and strangers, leaving this home one day, Lord God, to be home with you. Please help us to keep our focus this morning in our worship, to think about you and your word, and to honor you in a way that brings glory and honor to your name, and to serve you in a way, Lord God, that brings glory and honor to your name. Please continue to watch over us and protect us. Guide our hearts. In Jesus' holy name we pray and thank thee. To be thy will. Amen. We are in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 13. The first five commandments of God. Uh, commandments regarding man and God. The last five regarding man and human relationships. We're talking about protecting the integrity of marriage. And as I've said uh, in, in times past, unless the natural desires that attract us to the opposite sex are channeled exclusively toward a loving marriage relationship. Temptation to engage in sexual immorality can easily overpower our self-control, each and every one of us. And here we are in a marriage, in marriage relationships. It's one of the most foundational, important building blocks of society. It affirms that sexual Purity is a part of being holy, it's a part of being sanctified, it's a part of being united. So now we've left off here at Exodus 20 and verse 13, the command, simple command, and yet so powerful and so profound and such an issue in our world today. Thou shall not murder, Exodus 20 and verse 13. Personally, I am appalled at the sound of Christian voices, as you know, you've heard over over time and in times past, where it now seems as though Christians believe that murder murder is okay, as if as if Christians, um, children of God, as if we have become barbaric people. Right? It seems like that that word love is, is absent sometimes from the hearts of God's people. But it's not only physical murder, it's an emotional murder and spiritual murder as well. 
So what does Jesus do? We're going to go to Mark chapter 7. Here's what Jesus does. Jesus takes every commandment in the Old Testament and he elevates them to an entirely different level. And the level that Jesus elevates the commandments to are a spiritual level, to that level that we can understand, to that level that brings back the original meaning of everything that God described to humanity. It comes right back to the human heart. So murder, where does it begin? In the human heart. Murder begins in the heart. In fact, you know, you think about people who pull the trigger. It's an emotion. Emotion that is, if you will, exemplified, that you can see, that's manifested in this type of evil. It is an inward attitude. Murder. Thou shalt not murder. Mark chapter 7 and verse 20. And he was saying that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. So let's take a look inside and see what is God telling us is inside. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. First John chapter 3. It is the manifestation and the fulfillment of an emotional issue that is within. This battle that is within the human heart or within the human mind. First John chapter 3 verse 11. For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the evil one, and slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Cain was a murderer. And murder is not okay. So here's an interesting question. Do I have a murderous heart? One might say, well, I've never murdered anyone, so... No. But Jesus takes the attitude to another level. Matthew chapter 5. Christians are supposed to set this example of how we work things out. We work together and we strive to work together for the good. We strive to, to turn evil or bad into a good thing where we honor God and we serve God and we're willing to surrender our lives to God. And so Jesus reaches deep into the hearts and takes this command to an entirely different level. And he talks about adultery along with this command. And we're going to come to the very next command in just a moment in a very different, in a very different level or at a very different level. Verse 21, it says, you've heard that The angels were told, you shall not commit murder. And whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you, that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be guilty before the supreme court. And whoever shall say, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into 
the fiery hell. Murder. Jesus says, no, you see, there's something else with this idea of murder that he wants us to understand. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 3. He wants us to understand the attitude of the human heart. That if we're not careful and we don't watch our heart, the question I asked a moment ago, is there murder in my heart? I may be guilty of murder in my heart. 1 John 3 and verse 15, the Bible says, Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And brother, I'm sad to say there are a lot of Christians who hate their brothers today. I'm sad to say there are a lot of murderous Christians in the world today. We ought to all be sad to hear that. Anyone, again, verse 15, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Now let's take it to another level, bringing it to the idea of marriage. How are you treating your spouse? How do, how do you treat each other? What is your home? What does it sound like? Is it peaceful? Is it, is it very loud and chaotic? What is the relationship truly like? What is the attitude like within the home? It's all about wrestling with this evil thing that's inside of us, this evil mind that we're striving to fight against. We're fighting against hatefulness and hurtfulness. And to fight against those things are beautiful and a blessing from God. But let me tell you something about this next commandment in Exodus chapter 20. Thou shalt not commit adultery. May I ask you a question? Just a personal question. Is it not true that anyone who puts their spouse through the agonizing pain and emotional trauma of adultery, is it not true that they're being hateful toward each other? You see, because adultery is hateful, it is hurtful, it is deceitful, and it destroys relationships. It's one and the same, even if you will, as murder, because the act that comes in there shows tremendous hatred toward one another. But isn't life too short? And to find ourselves in such horrible relationships. Proverbs chapter 5. I would like to encourage this, this morning you to go home today and express what's in your heart that's good and positive towards your spouse. You would talk to them and use those terms of endearment that we spoke of yesterday. Do it before it's too late. Remind each other of how important you are to each other, and how impactful the relationship of the spouse has been for you and to you and towards you, and how it is true that as we have grown together, we have become what we are today, both the good and the bad. So Jesus deals with lust, the heart of dissatisfaction, coveting, hatred, and evil in this command, thou shall not commit adultery, emotionally or physically or spiritually. Proverbs 5, verse 7. The text says, Now then, my sons, listen to me, 
and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your vigor to others and your years to the cruel one, lest strangers be filled with your strength and your heart or your hard-earned goods go to the house of the alien. And you groan at your latter end when your flesh and your body are consumed. Chapter 6, in verse 32. The one who commits adultery with a woman is lacking sense. He who would destroy himself does it. Wounds and disgrace he will find, and his reproach will not be blotted out. For jealousy enrages a man, and he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not accept any ransom, nor will he be content, though you give him many gifts. Chapter 30, Proverbs, and the verse is 20. Uh, Listen to the attitude. We're talking attitude. Listen to the attitude of the adulterous individual here. This is the way of the adulterous woman. Verse 20. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wrong. You see the problem? The problem is attitude. Right? I, I want what I want. I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to do what I want. I'm not going to think about God. I'm not going to think about my spouse. I'm not going to think about my children. I'm not going to think about others. I'm not going to think about anyone but myself. Hatred is murder. Adultery is hateful. And what a terrible thing it is. You see, all we have to do is make our minds up, right? Turn to Matthew, please, chapter 5. To make our minds up that we're going to be faithful. You're supposed to do that before you get married. That you're going to be faithful for life. One man and one woman for life. That's the original plan of God. I'm going to be faithful for life. And I'm going to bring everything in this relationship. I'm going to give my all into this relationship. And I'm going to do everything that I can within my power, within my strength, and within my might to ensure that I am not only faithful, but that I help my spouse get to heaven. That's what it's all about. Verse 27 of Matthew chapter 5. You've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks on a woman to lust for her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Spiritual adultery begins in the mind. It's forsaking God, right? Spiritual adultery. Begins in the mind. You know, it's like I, you know, do I really want to go to worship today? You start, start challenging God and you start becoming weaker and weaker because you start thinking about things you ought not think about. Spiritual adultery begins in the mind. Physical adultery begins in the mind. Brethren, we have to guard ourselves. Jesus said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. May I ask just a question? I want to go to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Do you think that I have a responsibility in, in relationships with other people to not appear as though I'm making myself available? Do you think I have a responsibility to that? I do. And do you think that as, as children of God that we have a responsibility toward each other to make sure that we're not making ourselves available. Right? We do, don't we? 
do. It's up here. It's in the mind. And, and the things that I do and say and the way I dress and all those, all of that fits into this idea of what's in the mind. It's my job, it's my responsibility as a child of God not to think about myself, but to think about my brother. For I am a brother's keeper. We are to help each other along and encourage each other and correct each other. That's important, right? If you know someone in the church that's struggling with their marriage and, and they're, you know, Maybe they're getting a little weak in that area. You might want to talk to them. In fact, I encourage you, it's your responsibility to talk to them and expose that to them and let them know that they're going down a deadly path. Our souls are at stake here. It goes in, in Exodus chapter 20, in verse 4 and in verse 5. The second commandment, you shall not make for yourself an idol of any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or on the water underneath the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the third, the children, the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. If you keep away, if you stay away from spiritual adultery, this second command, you'll stay away from physical adultery. Think about that. If your mind is focused and fixated on service to God and God alone, you don't have time for this other stuff that's on the side. I know you might say, oh, brother, I, I, was, I was tempted, and I, yeah, and you didn't run away. It takes two to tangle, right? Somebody has to be the strong one, brother. Turn to Proverbs chapter 11. I know this has never been a, a very fun subject, but it's a very important subject, isn't it? It's a very important subject because Satan is very busy in striving to destroy our marriages and our lives, our souls. Let your integrity guide you. Stay away from adultery. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 3. The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the falseness of the treacherous will destroy them. So here's a simple plea. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Here's a simple plea. And, and this plea comes because I'm a man speaking to ladies. So ladies, give us a break. Help us out. Right? You know, when you're coming to worship, think about what you're wearing. Give us a break. We, we want to do the right thing. We want to be honorable. We want to be men of integrity. Give us a break. Help us out. Right? And to the men the same in regards to the ladies... Help the ladies out. Let's be what God wants us to be. Let's be the people that God expects us to be. Help us to guard our minds from evil. Jesus elevated the... He says it's not just a physical act of adultery. He says if you lust after a woman, you've already committed adultery. I don't want to commit adultery. Verse 25, chapter 4. Let your eyes look directly ahead. Let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet, and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. Sometimes that means, brother, maybe we all we just got to keep our eyes straight ahead. We can't even look around sometimes at what's around us. Look at Ephesians, please, chapter 5, beginning at verse 11. Ephesians 5 and, and verse 11. Do we have a responsibility? Yes, we have a responsibility that God has given to us. It says, and do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. 
but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. Expose it. Tell it. You think it's important. Maybe this. You think it's important. Maybe if I'm struggling, and I say to my wife, I go to my wife, and I say, honey, I am, I am struggling. Let me tell you why. She can help me. Right? Communicate. We'll come to communication later. Thou shalt not steal. Exodus 20 and verse 15. How, what in the world does that have to do with marriage? How do we, how do we bring that into, into marriage? Well, that's actually it's pretty simple. It really does fit so well. We, we know that stealing is taking something. I'm going to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, by the way. Um, it's taking something that does not legally belong to you, right? It, it does not belong to you. And so that's, I understand that. So on this, on this beautiful day that you are joined together as one in, in, in Christ, one in God and one in, in union, if you will, in this relationship called marriage. You, you get this piece of paper, and it's called a marriage license certificate. And there are two names on there. And those two names indicate who belongs to you and to whom you belong. Anyone that you are flirting with, that you are emotionally attached to, that you are doing anything you ought not do with, they're not listed on that certificate. That's steal. You don't steal another man's wife. You don't steal another man's husband. That's sin. That's wrong. First Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18. The Bible says, flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? But you've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Glorify God in your bodies. How wonderful. And then it goes right into the very next command in verse 17. Thou shalt not covet. Don't, don't, don't covet. God says don't, don't covet. But before we get to coveting, we got to deal with our neighbor. Is it not true that this person in the body of Christ or wherever she may be or he may be, that's our neighbor. And the Bible says that you are not to bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, if someone's going around in an adulterous relationship, is that not bearing false witness? It's full of lies, isn't it? And deceit, trickery, it's dishonest. It's everything you can imagine or think of with bearing false witness. And God says, do not be people who bear false witness. Be trustworthy and live with God's core values. Live a lifestyle of integrity, faithfulness, honesty. See, when everyone has this in mind, and when everyone thinks about marriage in this way, and you say, I'm going to be married to this person for my entire life, it makes you treat them differently. You treat them special because they are special. They're special to you. They're unique to you and to you alone. What a beautiful relationship and opportunity. What a beautiful opportunity we have to make someone feel great like God makes us feel great. Do we take advantage of the opportunity that God has given to us? Coveting. Verse 17. Coveting. Listen to what he says. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant 
or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Just don't do it. It's a choice. It's it's attitude. It's attitude. What type of attitude do I possess? And so Timothy says, or Paul says to Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, in verse 22, he says, but flee youthful lust, right? That's what we're supposed to do. We flee, we're supposed to grow up, right? In our relationships and in life, we're supposed to grow up. You know, act like men, act like women. Stop acting like children. Flee youth. These are childlike things. Things that we're supposed to mature out of and above. But flee youthful lust and follow after righteousness and faith and love and peace. But then they're called on the Lord, the pure heart. How important that is. Let's begin to wrap this up. Job, Job chapter 31. It's an attitude, brethren, sisters. It's an attitude to guard, to give yourself 100% to your spouse. It's an attitude. Someone said, well, I married the wrong person. It's an attitude. Your attitude changed. It's an attitude. Should have never gone to the altar. It's an attitude. You got to take this seriously, right? You have to take it seriously. Job made this covenant, and you know I, I really love the covenant. I've thought about this covenant so often, and, and and this commitment, this dedication, this level of excellence. In Job thirty-one, in verse one. Here's what Job says. I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then can I gaze at a virgin? I made a covenant with my eyes. I don't even want to see. I'm not going to look at another woman. Covenant. We got to make that covenant. Right? Keep my eyes right fixed in front of me. Verse 4. Does he not see my ways and number all my Steps and the He is God. Ecclesiastes 9. The He is God. Does God not see? Isn't it amazing that some, some folks just don't care that God is watching? Be careful where you take God. Careful where we take God. Protecting the integrity of the marriage. You can find all of this within the Ten Commandments. And that's what we've done. We've exhausted the Ten I mean, there's so much more that we could say. We've exhausted the Ten Commandments in this particular lesson, thinking about what we can do to be better. Better husbands, better friends, better neighbors, better wives, better Christians toward each other, brother, better brothers, better sisters. I close in Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 9. Enjoy life with the woman whom you love all the days of your fleeting life, which he has given to you under the sun. For this is your reward in life and in your toil in which you have labored under the sun. God says, I want you to have joy. Have it in your marriage. Enjoy your gift. Thank God for his gift. Thank God for his gift of love. You know, he gave us another gift. He gave us his son. A gift who came and lived and died. Who surrendered his life so that we could be saved. Who gave us the beauty of salvation. You hear it. You believe his word. 
be willing to repent of godly sorrow, confess his name before men, be baptized, immersed in water for the remission of your sins. These are things that God has asked us to do that brings us to Christ. And then we get baptized. We get into Christ. And our sins are washed away. And we walk with God from that day forward anew. What a beautiful thing. This morning, if we can help in any way, please come while together we stand and sing our song of imitation. Why don't you come?